why why YouTube? <laughs> um, because uh, I didn't want to work for the man anymore. I was uh, I was um, I've just taken a job. Well, I've been in a job for a couple of years, sales job, and I said to myself many years before, I said I'm never going back into sales. It's just soul destroying stuff. Even if you're doing well, it's still soul destroying stuff. And uh, I joined this like new company starting up. There was only like six people when I joined the company. And then when I left two years later, there was 30, 40, 50, you know? So there was, there was a, a lot, lot more and it really developed. <clears throat> and I was like part of that development. I, I was brought in to, to do stuff and I did it and I did it really well. So much so that I advanced. And they put me in the corporate department. So now I was speaking to the big corporations. And that was doing really well. And because of that, they were getting more people into the different teams. And every time I did well, I got a new obstacle from the company. It's like every time I, because I was just hitting my goals and hitting my goals. And they weren't used to people doing that. The people that they had before, they just weren't, weren't hitting their targets at all. And they were just kind of like going along with it. Then I came in and I was just like, bang, hitting targets. Like, whoa, you know, this, and I wasn't even, I was remote. I was like in the office while the other people were like in the heart of where the business was. And they were physically going to see these companies as well. Whereas I was just on the phone. And yeah, I was hitting my targets and they weren't. So it made the, the company think, you know, like, get rid of these remote you know get rid of these people get more remote people and every time i hit my targets they would they would you know change them and up them and and just made it harder and harder and harder uh the business that you bring in you're not allowed to hold on to it you got to give it away you know you've just got to rely on new business and i just got to the point i was doing well you know i was doing really well um you know, it was, it was the best paid job I'd had in my life. But it got to the point where it's just like, I, I, it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable for me in work. And every time I do well, instead of rewarding you for it, they kind of punish you for it. Or you're hitting your targets, you're doing well. Instead of encouraging you to keep doing that, what we're going to do is we're going to make your target bigger. We're going to lower the bonus incentive. Hmm. I was just like, you know, this, this is madness, you know? I've come and I've done an incredible job for you, and you're trying to, new to me, you're, you're trying to demoralize me. Uh, and uh, I remember very specifically, I think the first month I didn't hit my target, which was about, let's just say a year of, hitting the target. The first month I didn't hit my target, and it wasn't by huge amounts, but the first month I didn't hit my target, I got a warning from the company. It's like, the, the, my, my manager's like, okay, she didn't hit your target this month. I was like, yeah, you know, first time. But, you know, I've got all these sort of things lined up, and yeah, you know. And then he gave us, gave us like, you know, we'll have to give you a warning. That continues, then we, we'll have to look. He's like, and these people have got no idea how to manage people. You know, mm -hmm. they've got no clue whatsoever. They're so now in the kind of mindset, a corporate mindset, a business mindset. And not business in, yeah, sure, you've got to make money in, in business. But it's just like, 
That, that was not the play to make. And so it, it, they just kind of wore me down. So I was thinking, I'm working my ass off. I'm doing great for them because of, you know, stuff that I've done that brought on way more employees, which has put more pressure on us, of course, to hit targets and, and succeed. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, I hit, um, like, I did the best month I'd ever done. Best month. And then I was like, right, I'm off. I'm off. You know, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave them like that. I'm going to hit my best month ever. I'm going to do the best month ever. And then I'm going to, then I'm going to have my notice in and I'll be like, there, there you go. Goodbye. You know, smashed every record your company's ever had. Right. Left on, left on the biggest, biggest month anyone had ever had ever. Boom. Notice. And, 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 uh, my plan was, I, you know, I was a watcher of YouTube. Most people are. Uh, I was a, I was a gamer. Oh my God. I'm a gamer. As a gamer, you know, gaming in progress, people. Gaming in progress. Well, it's not. That's a lie, but it will be later. And uh, I used to watch John Byrne. I used to watch uh, Total Biscuit uh, because I was a big World of Warcraft guy. And he was a big World of Warcraft content creator. And uh, I'm a Yorkshireman. We're no nonsense up here. You know, Uh, we like what we say and we say what we bloody well like here in Yorkshire. And I just like John Byrne's no-nonsense attitude. I just like TB's no-nonsense attitude. I thought, you know, I'm a gobshite. I'm, you know, I've, I'm a gobshite. Um, I've always got something to say. Uh, you know, maybe I should give this a try. Maybe, maybe YouTube. I could work for myself. I could be my own boss. I could um, do something which I liked because it's getting to the age. 10 years ago, 11 years ago where I thought if I, if, I don't, if I don't do what I want to do, I'm going to be working in office for the rest of my life, nine to five, miserable, because that's not what I, I really wanted to do. So I thought, you just had your best month. I'd got a little, I say a little nest, I got about 10,000 pounds savings in the bank. You know, not a huge amount, but I thought I'm going to, bet on myself that uh that I might be able to do something here uh because i <laughs> i was very naive and just thought you make a video you put it up you go to bed you wake up there's thirty thousand views on it that's youtube so i remember quitting the company i took a month to chill then in in april 2012 i set up my youtube account Two days later, I put out my first video. Absolute hot garbage, of course. And uh, went to bed, came back the next day, 36 views. I was like, oh, shit. Okay, this is, this is going to be a little bit harder than I thought it was. And I think even, even when I started, it was only about three months in. I was like, I just stopped for a week. So I was just like, oh, man. Have I made a massive mistake here? This is, this is, this is hard work. I mean, this, you know difficult to get an audience how to get an audience um but then i just again i just sort of said to myself no come on come on, mate try, just just try let's let's see where we are so i spent the year doing it and in that year i went through my my life so you know my 10 grand life savings 
and I was I was done. I was sort of like, no money. YouTube weren't paying because I just wasn't making anything. And uh, my friend, he said to me, he said, dude, leave your apartment because you can't afford the apartment. Leave the apartment. Sold all my trinkets to keep myself going. Said, Come live with me. You can live in my attic. You don't have to pay rent at the moment. Get yourself just working, get some money, and then, you know, you can pay us back later. I'll charge you a nominal rate all in, inclusive of bills, and we'll stick to that. So I said, okay. So uh, I was able to, when I came here, I was able to uh, stream because he had a great internet, and I didn't have good internet in my last apartment. It'd take me like, Eight hours to upload a 10-minute video? Garbage. I certainly couldn't stream. Mm. So we had great internet here, so I could start streaming, so I could combine streaming and videos. And then, you know, things just, you know, suddenly I had enough money to just pay my rent, you know, put, a little, put some food on the table. And because I'm loving what I'm doing, just keep on going. And it just sort of developed and developed and just got a little bit better and a little bit better. And like a couple couple of years down the line, I would, you know, I, I was caught up with all the rent and everything. And then I was like, one day I was just like, God, I've, I've actually got a little bit of disposable income this month. I paid my rent, paid my, got my food and all that. So I was like, I could be able, I, I, so I bought some comics because I'd lost my comic collection years before. I was like, I'll, I'll just get some comics again. And it, and it just kind of developed from there. It, it's like uh, I'm I'm an overnight, what do they say, an overnight success that took ten years. <laughs> I mean, at least you had at least you had to work for it. You didn't you didn't just oh, yeah. suddenly become successful and then you became a dick right after it, like a lot of people do. <laughs> Maybe I mean I I've gone through trials and tribulations with YouTube, mm -hmm. and and yeah I, I have you know gone through the process. Uh, it's this May, this April, sorry, it's 11 years on YouTube. Longest job I've ever had. You know, longest sustained uh, work I've ever had. So, uh, you know, I've got, I've had ups, I've had downs, I've had successes, I've had failures. Uh, I've gone through the, the, whole, the whole process. I've had an ego, I've had that ego stripped. Uh, and and it's, I think it's kind of good to have gone through these different uh, different things because... You know, ultimately, if you don't have an audience, uh, you don't have anything. And it's it's your audience and it's the people who give up their time and energy to come watch you that they're a most important thing. So that's the thing that you focus on. Now that you're pretty stable on YouTube, what do you find to be the biggest challenge? Is it the audience retention or is it fighting YouTube's uh, nebulous, ever-changing rules? <laughs> Well, I mean, I've again, I've gone through many things in terms of the rules in this current span of YouTube. It's actually a lot more relaxed than it was, let's say, back in 2017. There was a period of YouTube, 2016, 2017. It was it was nearly impossible to get a video monetized. You couldn't you couldn't swear, you couldn't say this, you couldn't say that. There were so many strict, stringent rules on what you couldn't do not never mind could do couldn't do um that it that it was very tough to kind of get through that now it's a little bit more relaxed 
to me, it's it's keeping my interest, you know? Uh, I got to do stuff that I'm interested in doing, while at the same time understanding that you have an audience that uh, wants certain types of content and uh, making sure that they're also fed on, on, on that side as well. So, you know, I've moved from specifically dealing with World of Warcraft for five and a half, six and a half years of my YouTube to uh, being able to, to expand into broader gaming stuff, news, streams, to moving into more pop culture stuff, television stuff, movie stuff. And these are things which my audience have, have requested. Uh, so it, it's, and now I'm in a place where I'm putting out videos and I'm doing games, gaming streams again, uh, quite heavily. So I'm, I'm sort of given a balance of the people that like the gaming streams and they like the, the streaming interaction versus the people that come for the videos and what's going on with pop culture, uh, what's going on with our, our beloved franchises, etc. Uh, but I got to make sure that, that everyone, everyone gets fed, but I'm, I'm here nearly 11 years later and I'm still as motivated as, as enthusiastic, uh, as ever. Yes. You, you are beholden to the algorithm. And if you decide to take just a week or two off, my God, you know, it, it just decimates your channel in terms of that. I mean, right now I, I can't buy a sub on my channel right now because I'm streaming heavily doing heavy video game streams, which are eight plus hours at times. And that the algorithm hates that, but it loves the videos. So when I put a video out, then I'll get some subs. But when I do the heavy stream, so I'm trying to counterbalance it, but I just got to make sure that I'm having fun. And I am, and I'm having fun making the videos and I'm having fun doing the streams and I'm having fun doing the podcasts with other people and doing stuff on other channels as well. And uh, just, just kind of like, paying it forward sometimes with, with other content creators. Um, and yeah, it, it's, I, I'm, I certainly come from the mentality that I am, um, I'm in a very, you know, blessed position. I'm in a very, uh, amazing position that some people will cut the left nut off for. And I think you've got to appreciate that. You have to understand that and you have to appreciate that. Uh, sure, you can get ratty. Sure, you can get irritable at times. Sure, you can get a little bit down in dumps, demotivated. What can I do for this? What can I do for that? But ultimately, I wake up every day uh, excited for, for what I, I'm going to do. And that's, you can't put a price on that. You really can't. Uh, getting burnt out is one of the reasons why I work for Clownfish now as a contributor, is because I've spent. 20 plus years in the entertainment industry, covering things, going to set visits, talking to actors, doing all that. It, it just got so tiresome because after 2016, all the content suddenly started to focus on this one specific audience and hmm. everything was about that. And, and that's how I found your channel is because I had to interview the actor who played Mouse in Batwoman. Yes. And this was before he actually appeared in the series. So this was after only like the first episode happened. So I was like, I need to know more about Batwoman. But I tried to sit through the first episode and I'm like, this is terrible. Like, let's see what other people are saying, because it can't just be me. And yours was the first video I found talking about the the whole 
it'll be perfect when it fits a woman BS and all uh-huh. that. And I was like, oh, well, this guy's pretty great. Okay, I'll sub to him. <laughs> so uh, discovering you was just by accident because honestly, they YouTube has a terrible way of advertising creators, no matter how long they've been on the platform. I've been on the platform since 2006 and they don't recommend my stuff. Even when I interviewed um, the cast of Stranger Things on set, they wouldn't advertise that video. Um so yeah, it was just pure accident that I found your channel. And then I found a bunch of YouTubers similar to yourself. And I was like, oh, well, I'll just sub to them. It's it's a new genre of people that aren't just making angry content just because it's a thing, not trying to replicate the angry video game nerd or Doug Walker. Sure. It's just it's just honest reactions to things that I myself have found that are just terrible about the entertainment industry. And it's it's fun to watch other people be as aggravated with it as I am. No, I mean, I, I, I love these franchises. Legitimately, you know, this isn't fake nerd stuff. This is stuff mm-hmm. I've lived all my life. When I was, you know, when, I'm, when I was working as a 16-year-old food court provider or, you know, a 30, 30-year-old, uh, you know, sales exec, corporate sales executive, whatever. Um, it, was, it was to the point where, you know, I, I, when I went home, I gamed. When I went home, I read books. When I read, went home, I read comics. When I had free time, I'd go to the cinema, you know, uh, watch, watch TV, all different types of genre. Uh, it, it, was, it was everything to me. You know, was, I've been a big Batman fan since I was, well, since 14 years old, you know. Well, as, well from really, I can remember, because I, I can remember being an absolute grommet watching the 60s TV shows. They were great. And, uh, you know, so these are things which I legitimately love. So when you've seen the erosion of them and the clear erosion of them, this isn't, this isn't, oh, they're, they're, they're cashing in on anger. They're, they're, they're trying to rile people up. No, this is me pissed off with what you've done, you know? And I'll put out a video about Batwoman and if somebody, you know, if, if the audience is all, oh, this, is, this is terrible, you nasty man, I'll be like, I don't care. This is how I feel about it, you know? And uh, unfortunately, it's it's infected virtually every franchise that we uh, we know and love now, and and it's they are literally feeding us content. They are they are providing us on a silver platter uh, content to talk about people, and, and audiences are growing, and audiences are growing rapidly within the people who you know who I work with and do do stuff with, friends with, etc. And that's because I think more people are waking up and more people are being like, yeah, I thought it was just me. That's the bit, that's the most common email. That's the most common comment that I've, I ever see on my channel is I just thought it was me that felt like this. And, and uh, because mainstream media, whether it be news or whether it be video game outlets have gone so political and anti, an anti-customer, Hate the word consumer. Consumer is a corporate term to dehumanize people uh, and just turn them into to pigs. Uh, so anti-customer that, that people are being driven to alternative media. And alternative media, whether it be YouTube, Rumble, whatever, uh, YouTube, of course, is the biggest platform. And that's where people are going and they're looking around. Is it just me? And then they're finding your nerd Roddicks or your geeks and gamers or your heel versus baby faces. Uh, and uh, it's, it's critical drinkers, et cetera, you know, ballers. Great to see. 
and it, and it and it's great to see more and more people coming in and what's kind of funny about the whole situation is is the amount of hate we'll get from the corporations or the the uh gaming media or the mainstream media calling us all names under the sun and yet here we are and we are actually the epitome of a a, a classic fandom people from all corners of the world all walks of life all colors both genders only two uh you know all sexuality you know they they, they are here in in the fandom and they're all saying you know they're all like make our fandoms fun again so we we're probably the most diverse organically uh diverse um ists and phobes that's ever existed on the internet it i wish i honestly do wish things were different like i said when i saw the change happen it was it used to be when i'd be on set with other journos we'd all be asking kind of similar questions we'd be asking what the actor's experience was like or what the series was going to be like or detailed questions and then right at like 2017 i was on the set of uh, altered carbon and all of a sudden, all the journalists were asking about intersectionality. And I was like, what does this have to do with the sci-fi series about being in different bodies? Why are we worried about hyperfeminism and all this stuff and, and equality? It was like, can, can we just have a good series? Do you, do you not see all the shit they built, all this, um, these amazing sets? And you're worried about if this character is going to be naked the, amount, the same amount of time the female character is going to be naked. What does this have to do with anything? It doesn't. And I sit there and I bite my tongue because a, a BuzzFeed writer snapped my head off during a roundtable because I didn't think that Kylo Ren was the was an allegory for rape culture. I said, no, he's just a shit character. Like, you know, that the, the, you just don't understand because you're a male. I'm like, oh. How, how's BuzzFeed stock doing right now? <laughs> I just, no, it's not my so good. It's like, not oh, so good. Just, oh, mm. no. 30 days of that bye like i'm just enjoying the fact that netflix flew me out to vancouver and put me up in a nice hotel and is feeding me <laughs> i'm just glad uh, to be I, here i would i would class it as a badge of honor to have been snapped at by a buzzfeed blogger i think i'm just, the, I'm the, just the most polite term. <laughs> i'm just a southern redneck i don't know no better i just i'm just gonna say things you know it's, it's because I, I, we don't I, care I, Admittedly, I only saw two of the the sequel movies because the second one I saw made me never want to see a Star Wars film ever again at the cinema or just a film in general. Didn't get that vibe from Kylo. I got more I, of a tan titty tantrum more than a rape culture guy, but okay. I, I don't get it. Uh, I, I don't have the patience or the time or the mental capacity to dis dissect a character to find... Well, this this is what? this is why people have drifted away from from gaming media. Uh, the notion that that Kylo Ren is is an allegory for for rape culture is in itself absolutely ludicrous. So you are dealing with ludicrous people who are trying to make connections which don't work. Now, most people, I give credit to most people are actually when I say relatively intelligent, they've lived a life. They've got some some thing up here and their brain says to them that don't make sense that doesn't make sense 
And when it doesn't make sense to a regular person, they can't relate to what you're saying. They zone out. They want to listen to somebody who they can relate to. And so if you've got these pathetic BuzzFeed people, and BuzzFeed is a joke. We all know BuzzFeed's a joke. When you have these pathetic people trying to force uh, a narrative that doesn't exist, doesn't make sense, they're gone. They're gone. I used to watch. I used to watch IGN. I used to watch G4. I used to watch. Uh, I used to read Eurogamer and all these. All of these. You know, I used to read Kotaku uh, and Polygon from time to time. And 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 they just drive people away. Um, I've done a video. I don't know when this is coming out, but I've released a video today about uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge is uh, going to be writing a, a Tomb Raider TV series for Amazon. Is that, it's already done because of it, she's such an intersectional uh, 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 just ah, and it made me go back and watch a video that I made nine years ago when I did a video review of the Tomb Raider reboot from 2013. And I listened to it because I wanted to, to kind of hear what I was, how I was speaking at, at that time. Um, what I, you know, what I, I knew that I liked the game, but I wanted to, to see what points I, I had made. You know, it's nine years. It's a long time. And it's so, and I, I afterwards I watched it, after I'd watched it, I was like, bloody hell. That's a video game review. You know, there was nothing about politics, intersectionality, feminism, uh, toxic masculinity. You know, there's nothing. It was me talking about the video game. And and how it played and and how what the characters were like and the story was like and the and I was just like that is gone now that's virtually gone. You you read any review for any game now with it spoken? Oh my goodness! Why wasn't she more uh, victimized? Why didn't do you know? It's just like how about what's the gameplay like? How about what's the dialogue like? How are the characters? How are the sub characters? How does it? Well, that's just that's a byproduct of of that, and so that drives people to other channels. Maybe Angry Joe's, maybe Joe, uh, Jim Sterling's. Uh, but you know, <laughs> maybe once upon a time. Now I'm not so sure. Maybe about uh, five or six years ago. Yeah, yeah. But it but it would drive people again. Drive people to alternative media, mm -hmm. and 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 you know that's what made me watch people like Angry Joe, uh, mm -hmm. John. You know, John Jones. Jeremy John, sorry, all those, you know, all those different types of people when it came to to TV, movies, uh, video games, because the mainstream had had completely lost. And they're all dead now. Kotaku's dead. Mm -hmm. it, Kotaku has less readers than G4 had viewers on their return, and that was none. Yep. Nobody was watching them. Uh, same with Polygon. Polygon's virtually gone. BuzzFeed's gone you know these are these are these are skeletons these are corpses these are these are zombies these are shuffling around but they're dead they're shuffling they're just waiting for somebody to put put that final bullet in the head in the brain and just end it but they are now just zombies of the industry and people are going to other sources and, and other places because 
people just want to relate to another person. They don't want to hear your wonderful, uh, brilliant, uh, incredible political take on how uh, Pong is an allegory for Trump. Don't want to hear that 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 absolute <laughs> foolishness that comes out of people's mouths. They want a regular person telling them in a regular manner what they think. What's this game like? Gameplay's good. This is that. Graphically, da -da -da. that's what they want to hear. So, you know, keep, you know, thank you. Thank you, mainstream media. You've, you've been a tremendous help for us. And if I want video game news, I'll, I'll instantly go to YouTube now. I'll, I'll find yeah. some. I'll either, if it's, if it's old stuff, I'll watch Larry Bundy. If it's newer stuff, I'll watch DJ Slope. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to go to IGN. I think the only, I don't, I think in the past maybe 15 years, I've quoted IGN as one source on one story I've ever written out of 20,000 articles I've written <laughs> because I just don't, I can't be bothered. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to read their garbage to get the news when I can find it somewhere else. I remember um, when the resident evil two remake came out and IGN put out their review and it was um, Damien mm -hmm. who, who did it. And he, and, he, and he gave like a chastising part for the second playthrough. It's, like, it's just like the first playthrough. Da, da, da. I was like, no, it's not. Mm -mm. And, he, and he had to admit that he, he didn't, actually, didn't actually play it. Didn't play it. <laughs> didn't play it. Didn't play it. Made a review. But then the, 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 the absolute like hilarity of it was I didn't play it. So we're gonna give them an extra half a point on the sc review score. What does that? What does that mean? That means nothing. People want to know what the other side of the playthrough was like to connect the two characters together. And and you know, if you start, I, I tend to start off as Leon, and then I play Claire secondly. Uh, and Claire had different puzzles. The puzzles were different. The things were in a different place. You know, they had different aspects of sometimes a little bit of a different area to go to. Uh, every so often. And and that just, to me, epitomized games journalism. And when uh, Game Over Greg was at IGN, I just remember them being on Twitter at the time, and I just remember them bragging that every Friday night they'd go to the pub or, you know, go to a bar, whatever, and they would, like, play games to give away the free shit that all the companies had sent them. Mm -hmm. And I was just like... How can you be impartial? You can't be impartial. You're getting gratuities from these companies. How on earth am I going to believe what you say when they're literally lining your pockets with, with goods and whatnot? And, you know, the mask was slipping then. And now, you know, Greg's just... Chill, man. I'll say whatever you want me to say. Do whatever you want me to do. Best friend to the gaming world because he's not there to be honest he's just there to to tell people what they want to what the corporate you know the companies the publishers developers what they want you to hear so people don't again people can see that insincerity people can see that bullshit and that's not i remember buying the official playstation magazine mm -hmm. and reading the official playstation magazine and there'll be some scathing reviews, you know, sometimes of, of certain games. 
Uh, and if they thought it was an average game, you get an average score. If they thought it was an okay game, you get an okay score. So, and, and you know, you wouldn't get anywhere close to that now. Uh, access media is a real thing. I'm, oh, yeah. I've gotten boxes of swag. Um, when I worked for uh, a horror website, I was told that I could not be too critical of the director of um, uh, Green Inferno because he was a friend of the site. Okay, uh, what does this mean? We had no problem when the first Halloween came out and we ripped into Rob Zombie. We had no problem then. He was a friend of the site. What changed in this past 10 years? Mm. That I can't be honest that his movie is shit. Access and, chain. Yep. Uh, Netflix, Netflix took me off of their access for a while because of the whole cuties thing. I publicly said, uh, I don't know how you can put this movie out there and put this kind of art with it and think it's okay. I really don't want anything to do with you. And the same day, my my access portal was gone, completely gone. And I haven't been on a, a set visit since then. That's why, that's why I don't want to be beholden to these people. Um, that's, that's why I, I'm quite happy to, to do what I do uh, and just be able to give an opinion. And, you know, we know, we, I know they would never in a month of Sunday invite somebody like myself or, or whatnot to, to, to a premiere of a Marvel movie or something because, because of what we say and all that kind of stuff. But keeps us honest, you know? It keep, we, it had, we had one for Avatar. And... The, this last Avatar movie, I, I was told that this week. It's like, we had, we had a premiere ticket. Yeah, I, I think Clownfish is very good, though. I don't... I don't when I watch, I watch a lot of clownfish videos. You know, I, I think excellent. Uh, neon, geeky, brilliant. And but they're very uh, critical, I, so we didn't think. Well, that... they, I, but they they aren't unfair. It's not unfair. Uh, the, yeah, the they can be critical hole. about certain things, but they're not critical by other things. And and uh, when I when I watch a clownfish video, I believe I'm going to hear from Neon. Uh, what he legitimately honestly thinks. Mm -hmm. uh, or if Geeky Sparkles comes on, I don't think I'm going to hear some bullshit from Geeky about Avatar. If she likes Avatar, she likes Avatar. She doesn't like Avatar, she doesn't like Avatar. I believe you. Because I think they're, uh, and this is, I think, a very important word, and it's a word which has been discussed recently, they're authentic. Mm -hmm. And authenticity, uh, I think Robert Meyer Burnett said recently, authenticity is the currency going forward. That's going to be the currency going forward. And I, and I think that's what the viewing uh, audience want to see. They want to see authentic people. And your, your, your iGens and your, and your BuzzFeeds and your Polygons, and your, these aren't authentic people. They're broken people half the time. But they are the furthest thing from authenticity that you can get. So, so yeah. Auth uh, uh, so, you know, people like, your clownfish, your critical drinker, nerd erotics, geeks and gamers, etc. Mauler, whether they're hypercritical on stuff or not, I I believe that they are coming from a legitimate, authentic position. Whether I agree with that opinion or disagree, and that was the same with Angry Joe. Plenty of stuff I never uh, would agree with Angry Joe on in his assessments. Uh, but I always believed when he did his reviews, he was coming from an authentic place. It's gone a little bit nuts now, but it it happens. 
Yeah. You may you may eventually have to go through that too. You may hit you may hit this weird wall where you're just saying like fuck all this. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. It's it's easy to get burnt out on this industry. I I semi retired for about six years until I came back and I decided to do something completely different. Before that, it was just writing articles every day, eight, ten, twenty articles a day, and then it was like if I come back, I I want to do something else. I want to do field work. Like, okay, well, go cover this theme park's Halloween thing. Or, or here, we have this last-minute thing to go to Atlanta and for a CBS movie. I was like, okay, I'll do it, whatever. And I was like, I was like, okay, I'm getting back into it. And then 2016, 2017 happened. Everything became political. I was like, I hate this now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. And now I keep just... joking that I hate this timeline, but that's just because I do. <laughs> And now I just sequester myself in the studio with all this all this bullshit back here and just write articles for Clownfish, write articles for Fanbolt and some other sites. And just I'm happy as long as I don't have to I never have to espouse a single political view. I'm perfectly happy. Yes, I, I you know, I've been sucked in plenty, but it's more the absurdity of everything mm-hmm. uh, that, that, that surrounded it. And and the absurdity of what people now say to you. And you're just thinking 10 years ago, you would be laughed at and rightfully so. And you should be today because it's just, it's just nuts. So now I try and I try not to get myself in, involved in, in that nonsense because I, I can't, I, I can't be bothered. I hate it. I mean, politics is for, I'll leave that one, you know, just in case. <laughs> But, uh, but uh, you know, I, I think it's for, uh, let's just say, uh, not so much the regular man. Yeah. And uh, I just want to be focused on what I, what I love, you know, what I enjoy. Toys, video games, TV shows, heroes, comics, movies. These are things that I love. Uh, you know, that's why I have, I've got a toy show. I, I have a pop culture show with Gary from Nerdrotic. Uh, I have a, you know, FNT uh, co-host where we, we deal with all, all kinds of different things because I want to deal with the different facets of, of what I like, what I love. You know, the, the toy shows have always a very positive show because we're actually, for a change, being allowed to talk about stuff that we like, um, which is the collecting and the nerddom of it, which is what kind of binds us together. So, um, yeah, I... I, I, I uh, I need to balance the um, the shittery that I have to deal with with some positivity, some Witcher streams, some you know, some toy streams. I, I have to balance it, otherwise you just go crazy. Uh, what would your advice be to people that are trying to start a YouTube channel in 2023? Don't try, do. do. <laughs> without without trying to quote Yoda, you know, I I get, and I, I you know, I don't want to sound too hard here. But I get a lot of people email me as I'm thinking about starting a YouTube channel. What should I talk about? What should I do? You've lost. You don't want to start a YouTube channel. You know, if you want to start a YouTube channel, you know what you want to do. You like the idea of it, maybe, but you're not you're not committed. You don't know. No, I'm not going to tell you what to do. If you want to start a YouTube channel, you've got to have an idea and you've got to bring that idea. So 
let's just say I want to talk about pop culture and TV and film like you're doing. I want to do that. Okay, great. Make sure you got something to say. You know, make sure that you got something to say. Make sure you got something about you, a personality, a, a something. But don't just come to the table and be like, I watched the, um, what's it called on um, Disney Plus? Don't be that. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll, never, you'll never get anywhere. You've got to really want to do this. It, people kind of see, because this isn't, when I say hard work, this isn't manual labor. I'm not getting up at, at seven o'clock in the morning to, to break rocks with a sledgehammer until six at night and then get a bowl of gruel and go to bed. No, they see people on podcasts laughing, happy, just talking about shit and like, ah, yes, I can do that. It's real easy. Can you? But can you though? You know, do you have something to bring to the table? Do you have some knowledge to bring to the table? Do you have something different? Or do you just think that it, because it seems like just chit chat, it's going to be easy to do. It's actually pretty hard. It's very, very hard to get somebody interested in watching your stuff. And, and that's, that's the thing which is going to define whether or not you're going to have a channel going forward. Because if no one's watching you, you haven't got a channel. So you've got to make sure that you, you, you have something. You've got to make sure that you have a, a point, uh, a, a hook, uh, but more importantly, you've got to have a personality. You've got to know your stuff and you've got to be able to speak. Because if you don't, nobody's going nobody's gonna to follow you. It, it's the same with writing, too. Uh, covering toys is not as easy as it seems because you have to hit a certain word quota. And I have to, if I just say, hey, there's a new whatever. Uh, I can't even remember the last toy. Oh, Charlie Brown. There's a Charlie Brown toy coming out. How can you turn that into a 300 plus word article? You have to have something. You have to have some imagination. You have to have some knowledge of Charles Schultz or Peanuts to be able to yeah. expand it. Otherwise, I'm not going to get paid if I don't hit this this quota. So it's the same with YouTube. You have to know what you're talking about. The other thing I'd like to add to yours, even if you did, even if you went full force into YouTube, a lot of people are still going to need a regular job to do sure. it. I have a regular job. I have a career that's nowhere connected to this. I work construction. <laughs> and I, there you go. I, you are smashing rocks at 7 yeah. o'clock. <laughs> I, I've been in construction since 95, and I'm not going to quit that to do this full time because it's not viable. I don't have, I don't have a strong enough dr- a drive like you do to be able to do it as a job. I do it because I, I love the entertainment industry, but I don't love it enough where I want to eat, breathe, and sleep it. So sure. the fact that you can do I get that. it and other people can do it is amazing because there's no way I could. <laughs> no, I, I get that. I, I so, fully understand that. There's a, there's a certain mindset. If you, if you want to do this like full time, go into this. There's, there's a certain mindset and a certain discipline that you got to have. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm nearly 11 years now. You have got to be motivated. Mm-hmm. You know, and and uh, I'm motivated because of my audience. I'm motivated because of, you know, the, the you know, just the the kind of love that you get from people as well. When you when you're putting out a video, and then when you or when you do a stream, when you're reading the comments, when you're interacting, and you just see 
the, the kind of the people are giving up their time and effort and energy to come watch you, come support you, and not just come watch and come support, but a lot of the time just being like, thank you. It's like, I don't, you know, I don't say thanks, thank you, you know, for, for coming in. But it's it's just that's that's just you know absolutely incredible. And so it motivates you because uh, you got this great group of people, uh, you got this great support. And uh, yeah, you want to you want to make sure that they got they got something. You want to make sure that they do have some content. And and these are regular people who are relating to you as a regular person. You know, I'm I'm a I'm, I live in a shoebox in Yorkshire. You know, and 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 I don't see myself really changing too much out of that. And and people, you know, they got some tough lives. You know, they work hard some, a lot of the time. They don't bring in, you know, the kind of money that they'd really like to have. Um, their entertainment's in disarray right now. And they just really need somebody, some channel, whether it be Drinker, whether it be Mauler, whether it be uh, Clownfish, whether it be like a hot toy show. They just need to flick that on and, and, and get that escapism, which they're so desperately lacking right now. And so if you can provide that for them, for, whether it be for a 10-minute video, whether it be for a two-hour hot toy stream or an eight-hour Witcher stream, then it's my pleasure, it's my privilege to do that to that audience. So yeah, you got to, you, that, that, that kicks you, that gets you going, man.